Welcome to Learn Buddhism. I'm Alan Pito. I think one of the most difficult things for Westerners is how to start off in Buddhism. Not just should I be learning about Buddhism or practicing Buddhism, but how do I start? And this is more difficult when you don't have a temple nearby or a teacher. How do you even begin? So that's what I like to talk about in this episode today is how you can start off in Buddhism. Now, you've been brought to Buddhism for a reason. Maybe some part of it appeals to you or spoke to you, and you're just now learning about Buddhism. We call people who are learning about Buddhism observers of Buddhism. So you're not a Buddhist yet. You're observing the religion. And this is very common. Even inside Buddhist countries, you are observing Buddhism. It is when you take refuge in the triple gem, which I'll talk about. That is going to be the part where you become a Buddhist, where this is spoken to you, you like, I want to go down this path, that makes you a Buddhist. But right now, maybe you are just observing Buddhism. And that's a very common and natural thing. You're trying to understand the religion to see if you want to become a Buddhist. And that's going to be our first step as you try to start off in Buddhism, it is to understand the religion, the teachings, the practices. We might sometimes think, well, I want to practice Buddhism as the Buddha taught it. I want to just go right into the scriptures and read those. These are natural things to think about and want to do, but where you should actually start is understanding Buddhism from Buddhist teachers, such as monastics. And there are many of them out there who have written books. They have YouTube channels, for instance, and videos and podcasts. I mean, you have a variety of resources from monastics who can help you understand Buddhism. And if you think about it, those who are inside Buddhist countries, they are learning Buddhism from monastics. They are not just diving into scripture. They are learning from the monastics, the teachers. And this is where we want to also begin. So as we are observing Buddhism, we are trying to understand things. If you just went right into the scriptures, the sutras or suttas, you could easily misunderstand either the teaching itself or its purpose or both. For example, a lot of these sermons, scriptures that we have inside Buddhism were really meant for monastics. Yes, of course, the Buddha taught to many different people, such as laypersons and kings and everyone else. But when we understand the Buddhist religion has been a monastic religion for the longest time, these sermons, teachings of the Buddha were orally recited for a long time before they started to be written down. So they were the scripture of monastics. And laypersons, you and me, would understand how to practice Buddhism from the monastics. So there's things with the scriptures where parts of it could have been condensed. Because remember, this was orally recited. You had to remember this. And so you couldn't have these long, drawn-out things. So there was an understanding sometimes when it comes to monastic tradition. This means something much more, a much longer. But to us as laypersons, just reading something, we may go, oh, I got it. I understand what that means, but we don't. 
So you can very much go down the wrong path by trying to understand something on your own. When we look at the monastics and how they're teaching us, they're often coming from this long lineage of Buddhist monastics that go all the way back to the Buddha himself. So we are following a tradition that, yes, evolves in different ways to help us understand and practice the teachings, but is stemming back to the Buddha, to the Buddhist time. It is, irregardless if it's Theravada or Mahayana, it is stemming back to the Buddha. Now, of course, they're going to practice and understand these teachings in different ways, but that is the way of the Buddhist religion. And it's still going to have that same foundational core. So when the monastics, the teachers, are helping you understand Buddhism, they're doing so in a way that can help you specifically as a layperson. If we were to go become monastics ourselves, we may have a much more intensive view of this and much more deeper meanings in different ways as it relates to being a monastic. But as laypersons, we have situations and needs that are different from monastics. Yes, they're human beings just like us, but they are practicing Buddhism in a particular way, and we as laypersons are practicing Buddhism in a particular way because we are what's known as householders in Buddhism. We got the trappings of everyday life, family, relationships, work, school, you name it, all these different things. Whereas monastics have basically said, I'm going to forego all of that and go down this religious path. And that comes with a lot of rules and regulations and practices that they have to do. You may look at a monastic going, oh, all they do is meditate all day. They have a lot more than what we would have as laypersons because they're going down that path. But we are very much caught in the everyday life. So a monastic explaining to us how to understand the teachings and specifically how to practice is really important. This is also where you see a lot of different rituals, ceremonies, holidays, practices that you can do. It's all there for us as laypersons to help practice Buddhism, to do very meritorious actions, to transform our karma from unwholesome to unwholesome, to reduce the three fires of greed, anger, and ignorance or delusion. This is what we want to do, and these have been refined over centuries. And we look at the Buddhist religion, it's 2,600 years old. And yes, even with Theravada Mahayana, very much modern branches of the, the Buddhist teachings, they are still centuries old. So this is not something that was just come, come up with just a couple years ago. It's been refined in this particular way. So even though we may not understand everything right now, following what the monastics are showing us, understanding it to the best of our ability. And as we practice and understand more and more and more, we will have a better understanding of these teachings. And that's where we want to get. And again, you're going to find the teachings translated into different languages. Of course, the native language from wherever the monastic is from might be popular, but also English is a very popular one. But you've seen it translated into lots of different languages. So that's where I'd like you to start off with is trying to understand the teachings. And a way to do that is from, in my opinion, monastics, because they have that lineage in whatever school tradition that they're in, all the way back to the Buddha. Yes, there's different types of 
Buddhist traditions out there, but the core foundational part of all of them is the same. So you can't go wrong in either way when it comes to that. The second part is going to be practicing Buddhism. As we are understanding, learning Buddhism, and again, you can do that through classes, books, etc., where the monastics are helping us, we now want to get engaged in the Buddhist religion, and that's through practicing. And practicing does not mean entirely sitting meditation. That is sometimes a Westerner's impression of Buddhism, but it's actually not something that's heavily practiced. And what I mean by that is it is not all sitting meditation or sitting meditation at all. There's many different Buddhist traditions. So depending on what tradition you want to follow, and right now you may not have one in particular, so maybe you are essentially observing many different traditions, you want to start practicing. And don't worry about if this might not be the tradition you end up in. For example, you may start off in a particular tradition, practicing it that way, then figure, you know what, I'm feeling more gravitating, leaning towards this other tradition. That's okay. You're right now, you're observing Buddhism and you're, you're basically trying it out. You're practicing, right? And there's different ways you can do that. Depending on the tradition that you're observing right now, it can have everything from ceremonies, maybe a Sunday service, it could be classes, it could be different rituals that you are to perform, or even a particular daily practice. These can all help you with practicing Buddhism. You are putting Buddhism into motion, so to speak. While you are understanding Buddhism, which is important, you have to now practice Buddhism. And as you practice Buddhism, understanding becomes the logical next step of that. For example, you may hear about different teachings inside Buddhism and different concepts. And that can be on a very intellectual, mundane level. And you can go, all right, I understand that. But until you start practicing Buddhism, put this in motion, you're not going to really see what that means in a deeper way. Now, there are different ways to practice Buddhism, and I mentioned a couple right now, but they're traditionally focused on what's known as the threefold training, and that is wisdom, it is morality and conduct, and is also concentration. And so when you have wisdom, that's where we are in that understanding phase. We are trying to understand these teachings and, and really get that wisdom, that prajna inside Buddhism. And we can do that, of course, intellectually. We can do that through listening to the monastics, you know, through maybe through a Dharma talk, as we are maybe uh, chanting, reciting, hearing the scriptures, different ways. But then we also have morality or conduct. And this is where we are doing basically our livelihood. Is your actions right? Is your livelihood right? Is your speech right? Things like this, because that's going to be this thing that we are doing in everyday life. That's going to be our karma, our intentional volitional actions. And we want that to be rooted in wisdom, of course. So we want to do things that are right. But we also need the last part, this concentration portion of it, where we have everything from meditation, we have mindfulness, got effort. And this is where we are essentially moving down 
this path inside Buddhism. We are being aware of what's happening around us. We are trying to settle, calm, tame the mind, this wild mind that we have, so that we can gain insight, so we can have morality and conduct. But we can't just do one of these things by themselves. For example, if you go, well, all I'm going to do is sitting meditation. That's only going to get you so far. Or maybe you go, I'm very intellectual. I'm just going to study Buddhism, that wisdom portion. And that's all I really need. Because as soon as I figure that out, I'm going to read all these scriptures, an entire Buddhist canon. I'm going to get it. That's only going to get you so far as well. And then the heart of Buddhism, the morality, conduct portion, if you're not expressing and practicing that, what good is going to be a very smart Buddhist or a Buddhist can meditate well if you can't be showing the morality and conduct? You look at the Buddha, there's enlightened followers, bodhisattvas, other Buddhas. You see them in that morality conduct portion. That's why we are so gravitated towards them because we look at them and their conduct, their morality, they're, they're wholesome, wholesome right? Wholesome karmic activities. That's what we're looking at. So to practice Buddhism, your tradition that you're following likely has some way to start a daily practice. And there's many, many different ways out there. And of course, I've talked about starting a very generic Buddhist daily practice in my prior podcast episode, also up on my YouTube channel and also my article. But you will follow whatever their daily practice is. And that's really what you want to do. You want to follow a daily practice that's rooted in the tradition that you're following so that you can follow along with everything else from the classes, the services, the ceremonies, etc. This is going to get you on the right path. And a lot of these things can look very unusual and confusing in some ways. Like, why are we practicing this way? Why am I doing this? What does this even have to do with Buddhism? And that could be a very common thought and understanding because, yes, a lot of these practices and everything come from the tradition's home country that we are now seeing in our Western countries. But even then, I implore you to let your intellectual side down, let your resistance down, and practice what you're seeing there. Because you'll be pleasantly surprised sometimes when you learn the deeper meaning to some of these ceremonies and practices and rituals it's truly enlightening. I've had those experiences as well very early on. I'm like, why are we even doing this? And then I learned about the deeper meaning to them. And I'm like, wow, that is pretty skillful. That's pretty interesting. Just how that evolved into something that's practiced all the time or maybe annually, for example, that is really skillful, really, really interesting. And there's a few things I still don't understand, maybe on maybe a new ritual or tradition, um, how they're practicing, and I'll just open myself up to it. I don't need to really understand everything intellectually right away now. It's like, let me just go ahead and practice this, because there's a reason. They're all there for a reason. We are human beings. Buddhism is built around sentient beings like ourselves, especially humans, because we have the right realm, the right capacity for enlightenment. The other sentient beings on our planet don't. We do. This is a very, it, no matter how stressful and challenging your life is, the human realm is going to be the best path towards enlightenment. 
this is where we have almost like this right mix of everything that's going to allow us to become enlightened if we want to. And we have a lot of challenges with that, but this is going to be the best path for that. So when we are practicing Buddhism, and there's many different ways we do that, as I, I mentioned, you are going to start understanding some of these concepts a little bit better. But what's really going to start happening here is you are going to be transforming your conduct, your morality, your lifestyle that's aligned more with the Buddhist path. You are now almost like setting your compass, if you will, in the right direction. Before, your compass was going all different directions, and you were just going wherever this compass is pointing you, right? And it wasn't the right directions. Now, by practicing Buddhism, you are slowly moving that compass in the right path, the Buddha's Noble Eightfold Path, or the Six Perfections, whichever one you are practicing, towards enlightenment. And yes, it could be a long road, but this is going to be the right way to do that. So practicing Buddhism is what we need to do, and it's an everyday life thing. We are human beings. Buddhism is centered around the human life, and this is what we're going to, to be practicing. Don't worry, again, if you don't understand everything fully or if there's only certain parts you can practice right now. That's okay. You are starting off in Buddhism, and the more you get engaged with it, the better you're going to start understanding things and be able to see some understanding as it comes to certain concepts and teachings. Now, as you start understanding Buddhism and you start practicing Buddhism, you're going to do this, and it can be for as long as you need to do it. It could be for maybe some months or maybe years. It just depends completely on you as you are observing the religion and you're starting to practice things and you're seeing if this is right for you and maybe simply being a Westerner and you don't have a particular dominant tradition in your country like we might have in Asia, for example, you might be looking to find whichever tradition speaks more towards you. But when you do and when Buddhism speaks to you in a way where you go, you know what, I don't fully understand everything yet, but this is speaking to me. It is making sense in a much deeper level than just intellectually, than just superficial. This is going to be the path I want to take. I realize it's going to be challenging. I realize there's things I'm not going to understand, but I'm willing to go essentially all in into this religion. And that doesn't mean having to become a monastic. The majority of the half billion Buddhists around the world are laypersons, just like you and me. So becoming a monastic is not a requirement. It's definitely not. Laypersons is the dominant Buddhists around the world. So when you are ready to become a Buddhist, Basically meaning, yeah, you know what, this is, as I mentioned, this is what I want to do. This is the religion I want to be in. This is where you can formally commit to becoming a Buddhist by taking refuge, is what we call it in Buddhism. And you're taking refuge in what we call the triple gem. The triple gem is going to be the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So we are putting our faith inside the Buddha as our teacher, the Dharma as his teachings and path towards enlightenment, and the Sangha, his monastic community, who is, as I mentioned at the very beginning, 
helping us understand and progress along the path towards enlightenment. And at a minimum, helping us shape our life and existence and our karma and our merits and everything else wholesomely along the Buddhist path. This is what officially marks us as Buddhists, if you will, and takes us on that path. So right now, we might just be observing a path. We might be sometimes stepping on the path, you know, just seeing how it goes. But we, we get off the path. We don't go back to our regular life. Here's where we're going. You know what? I want to be on this path with everyone else that's practicing Buddhism, Buddhists, and go down this path. It might be a long journey, but this is something that I want to do. And I feel that is the right thing to do. And as human beings, that feeling is important, right? So we are taking faith in Buddhism, but not in a way that's a blind faith. Yes, there's some portions we're not going to understand because Buddhism is very challenging. Even the Buddha said upon his enlightenment, it's like, it's in so many words, he was basically saying that, you know what, I'm not sure if people are really going to understand this. This was really challenging. But he decided to teach anyways, and thankfully he did. So he understood that this is going to be challenging, but it is possible. It is possible for us. And when you become a Buddhist, it is just simply saying you are taking refuge, faith, inside the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And this triple gem, and the reason is that we have that gem there, these are precious things, like a gem. But they are precious to us because these gems help us get towards enlightenment. Let me give you this imagery here. The Buddha, very much like a physician, if you will, he is one as we look at the Four Noble Truths, he's the one who's identified our illness. He's the one who identified our, said, this is what your prognosis is. Here's what the medicine is, and here's how to do it. All that, he's identified all of that. The Dharma, his teachings, is essentially that medicine that we are taking. It is that path that we are on to recovery, to healing, which is nirvana. So this Three fires of greed, anger, and ignorance that's resulting in dukkha, all this unsatisfactoriness, the cycle of rebirth, everything. That is what we can get rid of because it's not natural. It's not our natural state. Nirvana is. Nirvana is absent of these fires of greed, anger, and ignorance and the karmic actions and seeds that result from that. So the sermons are essentially that medicine. But Who's going to administer this medicine, right? The Sangha. So the Sangha is this monastic community, and, and they're all in. They're, they're trying to do the same thing we are, and that's going to become enlightened. But they are there to help us as well. So they are essentially administering the medicine, helping us understand. Understand the sermons, the teachings, what these concepts mean, how to practice, how to live in our world as Buddhists, how to progress down that path. And the temples, they're like hospitals. We go there so that we can go in an environment that helps us, is more conducive towards enlightenment. And we have things such as short-term retreats, long-term retreats, and different things we can do to sometimes get a taste of monastic lifestyle or different ways where we can kind of go a little bit more further in and reinvigorate our faith inside the Buddha, his teachings, and, and everything else. So... This triple gem 
is fantastic in that particular way. It is a very, it, uh, it amazes me uh, that this is a religion that's 2,600 years old and has got it figured out in my mind in many, many different ways because it's got everything that you need, just like if the Buddha was a doctor, just like if the Dharma was the, the medicine, if you will, just like the monastic community is like the physician's aides, the nurses, uh, specialists, and you got the, the temples are like the, the hospitals, the clinics. So you got everything you need to administer to us sick people. We are sick with dukkha. And so here is our path towards becoming better. And in turn, we are able to help one of these gems, the monastic community, through our support. And by doing that, it has very meritorious, it's wholesome karmic actions. We can support them and they can support us and also gain meritorious, wholesome actions as well. Beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful path. It's a beautiful practice and just wonderful how it all just clicks together. The biggest part about starting off in Buddhism, start with that understanding, then merge it into practice. And then when you are ready, you can take refuge. You don't have to become a quote-unquote Buddhist right off the bat. You, you don't have to take the triple gem refuge right away. You can take it when you're ready. Now, if you want to take the triple gem refuge shortly thereafter, you absolutely can. There's no repercussions if you go later on, you know what, Buddhism just really isn't for me. That's okay. What we look at in Buddhism is this is all to help you and by nature all other sentient beings along this path towards enlightenment. So if it's not for you and you don't want to become a Buddhist anymore, the only, in the Buddhist mindset, the only repercussions are to yourself. Well, you're no longer going to be on a path towards enlightenment. You will still be mired in this endless cycle of rebirths and suffering, dukkha, everything else. So really, it just falls back on you. So there's absolutely no hindrance to you or damage to you if you go, you know what, I don't want to be a Buddhist again. But that's why I've put refuge at the very end, because after you start understanding Buddhism and start practicing Buddhism, it will become either one way towards you. Yes, I want to be in this religion, or I don't. And yes, you can just observe Buddhism and practice Buddhism without becoming a Buddhist. Just, I would say, similar to any religion. Maybe some concepts or practices inside those religions speak to you. Sure, you can definitely practice those. It doesn't make you one of those people inside those religions. Well, you're just using portions of it. You can absolutely do the same thing inside Buddhism. You can take some meditation concepts. You can maybe take some things that you like. But Buddhists mean that we are taking refuge uh, in the Triple Gem. So those are my three steps I would recommend for anybody new to Buddhism to follow. Start with the understanding, merge that into practice, and then when you're ready, you can take refuge in the Triple Gem and become a Buddhist. Now, for the understanding portion, again, there are many different ways to begin that understanding. If there's not a temple nearby, or even if there is, books, videos, websites, podcasts, there's plenty of different great resources out there you can find that can help you understand Buddhism more, often by monastics. If you'd like to start off with a free ebook, I have a book written by myself and Buddhist monk, Los Angeles Sanatavahari, and this is going to take you through some of the basic questions and topics as related to Buddhism, 
and a few how-to and appendixes inside there. So it's a great way to start you off. It's uh, free. You can go to my website, alanpedo.com, or I'll have a link inside the description for this podcast. You can also find a paperback version up on Amazon. So if you're new to Buddhism, welcome. I know it can be very overwhelming and confusing to start your journey, but start slowly. Start with that understanding. You can absolutely start with books, videos, websites, podcasts, etc. to kind of get you that foundation. Merge that again into practice. And then when you're ready, there is no rush here. You can become a Buddhist when you're ready. Do you have any questions about how to become a Buddhist? I'd like to hear back from you. You can send me a message from my website, alanpito.com. Or you can leave a comment on the post for this podcast on my social media accounts. I look forward to talking with you in our next episode. Thank you.